0: Hey, it's Rochelle and Carter with the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. You know, I don't think I like that. What do you mean? Anything but quiet.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't know. It's just kind of like putting a giant magnifying lens on the fact that we struggle with being
1: silent. <laughs> I mean, we're not quiet people, so it's kind of the truth. No,
0: I mean, and I want to be honest, uh-huh. but there are some things like there are things that like moles, you don't need to know about. <laughs>
1: This is, a, you know, a play on quiet time. We go through what we're talking about, what we're going through spiritually, whether reading in the Bible right. or thought about. And you actually said, I'm, I'm surprised that you clung on to that shame because you oh, said that. Man. you. What did you say about shame? I'm going
0: to bring this up so I yeah. sound like a hypocrite.
1: Oh, well, it's going to be awesome. Uh,
0: okay. So here's the thing. I have this really adorable r2d2 backpack if you're not a star wars fan most people even if they're not star wars fans know about the lovable droid that's blue and white people exactly r2d2 so i love star wars and i have this little backpack slash purse and this precious teenage girl saw it she's like your bag is dope whoa i was like i'm in look how cool i am it's the
1: dope no, it's not the dope. It's just, it's just dope. It's just dope. Okay, yeah. so
0: clearly I've already erased my status. Yeah, so cool. Yep. You know, Are it's I'm like once that? you,
1: if you say, hey, I'm pretty hip, yeah. instantly with you saying that, that I'm hip, you're it's, not you're hip.
0: Grabbing your hip because you're it Breaking hurts. a hip, yeah. So, anyway, she, she thought my purse was dope, but Melissa Radke, who is now starring in her own reality show, uh, she saw it. She said, what is that? You should be ashamed of yourself. She was teasing me, of course. But, you know, it's interesting, the the shame topic, it only becomes shame because people talk about, oh, they're shaming me, they're shaming this, they're shaming me. It becomes shame. It becomes offensive when we choose to pick it up. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of people are going to drop a lot of stuff, but you don't have to pick it up.
1: No, I, I think we, in this country, we clearly need to. Don't we need to hang on to everybody's comment and then rant about it on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what we're, we're supposed to be doing? Ah, the difference between need and want is what you're talking about
0: right now. We want to. Why? Because we get defensive. Why? Because we're selfish. That's why I do it. When I, I think, get defensive? Yeah. When I'm gracious towards a person, it's because I've quieted myself and allowed them a, a chance to speak and even try to look at it from their perspective. Even if it's one I don't fully agree with, I can be gracious in that way.
1: I think most sin—you I you know what? In this moment— Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just go out on a limb. All sin stems from pride.
0: Well, that's the one that got Satan kicked out of heaven.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. There's the original sin, and pride—that no matter what, you know better than God. Mm. I mean, I know better than God. I've, I, hey, I don't know if you know, but I sin, everybody. I, <laughs> I, you instantly you think you know even something like murder, greed, Mm -hmm. lust, you're saying, no, I deserve this thing instead of what God has provided for me.
0: So there was this king back in the Old Testament, and there was, I mean, he had a long history of fathers and grandfathers, relatives, that just, I mean, it was all about them. Pride was probably the go-to for that, and yes, at the root of why they constantly disobeyed God or maybe they didn't even, weren't even aware that they're disobeying God they just chose to be ignorant I, I don't know what it was but here they had the law clearly written out for them since the time of moses and they no longer really cared they had allowed so much idolatry in the land there were so many shrines built to these different gods or goddesses and i mean even they went so far as to sacrifice children in some areas it wow. was it was not good yeah. not good at all but then there comes along this king whose dad was just i mean an abomination his father but king hezekiah it says in the bible there was no there was no king like him before or after which i thought that was very fascinating cuz he's from the lineage of david hmm. and david's like the the top right well like everybody compares all kings to for instance in the united states of america when you think of great presidents you think of... I mean,
1: George Washington, exactly. Abraham Lincoln. Everybody
0: usually gets compared to those guys. Like,
1: I always think of Warren G. Harding.
0: You think of Harding? Well,
1: always. Whatever.
0: It's it's first Flood one Chabot, I think Carter. of. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Number <laughs> 29. Go look mm-hmm. that one up. Yeah.
0: But I'll take your word for it. King David was one of those. He was like a George Washington, uh, Abraham Lincoln. In the Bible, it says that he had a heart after God. But King Hezekiah, it says they're in the middle of all this travesty that's taking place. There was no king like him before or after. And he did away with all of the setups for the shrines and the idols and the this and the that he got things back in order and and it wasn't necessarily a popular decision but he did it hmm. and he did it because he wanted to be obedient he wanted to be faithful to God and in in talking about you know the root of things being pride I think it's because he finally realized this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to fall in line with what my father and his father and the father before him or that other guy in that other country over there is doing. I'm going to line myself with the Lord. And I, I thought that was it was so cool to read that in the midst of all of that goo. I'm sure God felt the same way. Look, a nice gem.
1: How about this? <laughs> this and is it's nice. Uh, I think how hard that would be. Because I think of even some of the places I've worked, much less if you think that you're going to go into—think about the worst place that you've worked. Mm -hmm. The toxic environment, the terrible people that are lazy or talk gossip or whatever. And if you were going to go back all of a sudden and be in charge— How much of a process that that would be. And you'd be, I, as somebody that cares what people think, I'd be, well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we need to let this guy go. Uh, We need to change the rule on this so people aren't, you know, fill in the blank. And you think, you know, a king in in, in charge of a nation says, we're going to get back to this. And how much people probably didn't like that. They probably did. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't
0: pick up the shame.
1: No. So people hate it.
0: The haters are out there. They're going to hate it. He didn't pick it up. You know why? Because he answered to God. Mm. And in fact, the scriptures talk about that there will come a king, and they were speaking about Jesus prophetically. They Mm -hmm. were talking about there will come a king who's not worried about anything else but being faithful and obedient to God. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if I'm to identify with Jesus Christ because I'm no longer living for myself, but I, I, I rose up with him just like he rose from the dead. I raise up a new life with him then I need to identify as a person of Jesus Christ through his spirit, right? Um, I don't have to do that. I don't have to be picking up what people are dropping. No. That doesn't mean you're not going to be highly criticized for it, and it doesn't mean that it won't sting. But don't forget to lay it back down.
1: I just wonder, does it have to sting? If if there's somebody close to you, I think it's going to no matter what, because people will betray us and hurt us and— but you know, somebody says something that just sticks in my is it crawl or crawl? Crawl. Crawl. Why why do I have to? Can it be a conscious choice of no, I'm not gonna pick that up at all, therefore I'm gonna go on about my day and not think about this again.
0: I I think it's it's gonna have to be a supernatural thing in us. There are folks that it does appear that it doesn't phase them, but in some way they react, whether it's a self-defense mechanism. You know, they immediately become defensive about something else. It it might not pop up in that moment Mm -hmm. in that conversation, but it might pop up another area of their life. They take it out into another relationship or whatever, uh, which I know I'm guilty of. If I have trouble at work, I take it home sometimes. It comes up with my kids.
1: Do you think that if I walked in today and said, hey, those new shoes, they're awful? Do you think that that's something because it's a shoe? Uh-huh. Of course, I'm close to you, and it would be out of character <laughs> unless I was joking.
0: I was gonna say, um, I don't think you care about shoes. There's here.
1: actually a great, a great joke that a guy does around here. He looks at your shoes and he goes, "How long did the doctors say you had to wear those shoes?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bit. Because they bit. look
0: like orthopedic shoes. Yeah, yeah.
1: but I so if, but if I or anybody <laughs> at work or any stranger said those are yeah. awful shoes, is that something that you can't you just Not pick that up?
0: I think, yes, with again, it has to, for me, it has to be a supernatural thing. Okay. Because even if I say, oh, things like that don't bother me, a little by little, it's like erosion, it picks at you. And so it may not pop up immediately in that moment for me. But later, somewhere, like after a while, it's like if enough negative things happen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you didn't even realize it bothered you in the moment because I'm in denial about it or whatever it is. But yes, I think it can pick at you if you're not taking it to Jesus right away. If you're, if you're if you're if you were consistently aligned with the Holy Spirit, which I don't know of anybody that is all the time except for the person of Jesus Christ. Right then things will get to you so if i'm consistently again aligning with him realigning and realigning if you understand what i'm saying here just like keeping my eyes on jesus keeping my eyes on jesus yeah i'm gonna be a jerk after a bit because comments are gonna get to me
1: have you ever had somebody come up to you and say your biggest insecurity out loud oh my word yeah yeah there was a thing I want to get to yours. Mine's no, quick. No, I,
0: I. There's so many times I don't even have one.
1: There was one because it stuck. It, it sticks out to me. Okay, it stuck out to me. Then it was in high school, and there was a part of, uh, my body that I was just very insecure about. What was it? I no, I really don't want to say. Oh. I really don't want to oh, say. Okay. And okay. and so it was. Uh, it was my webbed feet. No, just kidding. <laughs> I just think like, that could be a thing you're embarrassed about, though. I mean, that's you know, it. It. I think it's relative what you get embarrassed about. Sure. And um, this guy comes up to me, Travel Carnes. Uh, honestly, God rest his soul. He, found, he was one of those. He was one of the people from, kind of a tangent, but he was one of the people from high school that was one of the first people to die from your high school. Oh, my. He, this was, we found out a couple years later. Uh, but he comes up to me, and we we were kind of jokey relationship, just sure. acquaintances. And I think I had actually ticked him off about something, and he said, okay, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And then he called and out. And he pointed out. Let's see if I had a like a long elbow. I don't know. That's so it, weird. He's like, okay, long elbow. Sure. And I, I'm like, I've never confided in anybody about this because I don't mm. want to acknowledge it. Right. And I don't want him to know. Sure. And now I'm like trying to put out the flyer like, shut up, Ravel. I don't want you saying that because that's going to ruin my life. And
0: everybody's going to start
1: calling me that. Yeah. 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 What was, I mean, does one come to mind for you and how you.
0: Recently. um, And to be perfectly honest, uh, a gentleman, um, I I love being on the air with you. And I have so much fun. But there are days when Carter, you know, he's away on vacation or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, you're terrible without Carter.
1: Yeah, that's, by the way. That's always hurtful. It's all no yeah. matter what you're a part of. That's
0: not helpful. Yeah, but, it, but that's one of those things where, in the context of where we were talking, we were talking about radio, so that's why it's like, well, that's your most insecure thing. No, but it, professionally, we were in a vo- a professional to our vocation setting, uh-huh. and so when it came up, it was topical according to what you know we were talking about, and and I just was like, oh, well, thanks. That's. <sighs> Hey, while you're at it, there's a razor blade over there, <laughs> some lemon juice. Why don't you go for it? But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so th- topics like that or certainly women were very appearance. Um, God God made women beautiful. I mean, hello. Adam woke up and there's Eve and he's like he didn't even ask. He's like, this is a thing. We need to be a couple.
1: I, I don't miss <laughs> my rib for this.
0: <laughs> so God made women beautiful. And ever since then. Uh, there And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging beauty. But interestingly enough, um, and I don't want to get off on a tangent either, but, you know, Satan can come. Everybody draws these pictures of Beelzebub with horns and the tail and the forked tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Bible acknowledges that he can come looking very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is he twists what beauty should be. And I think women have a very twisted version of what what beautiful should look like in their own eyes they see themselves and the enemy loves to mess with us about it so what god established is it's okay because i made you beautiful somehow We have—it's become a twisted situation. We don't look at ourselves the way God looks at us, Mm. the way he desires us to behold ourselves, not in a pompous ego way. It's acknowledging his handiwork way. And so we have this very twisted look at ourselves in the mirror, and we're like, oh, it's not good enough or whatever. So somebody calls us out on our hips or on our—whatever your thing is. Your hair isn't good enough or Mm -hmm. your face isn't—I don't know. But, yeah, those kinds of comments are very— they're hurtful. They're awful. And then all of a sudden now that that person is probably just being silly with you.
1: Potentially a Maybe. good chance of that.
0: Yeah. You you, you they're, they're branded forever in your memory as that person. Travelle.
1: It's it's a good <laughs> reminder that Satan doesn't even always outright lie. Maybe ever. I don't know. Outright lie. He twists truth. Mm. and that uh, it there's a thing that'll stick in your crawl. It's like, well, God says this about you, that he loves you, so your appearance is very important, isn't it? You know, and mm. so just these little... He did not write yeah. lie to Eve. In fact, he he told the truth to Eve. Yeah. He said, you, you will be like God.
0: You won't die, per se. Well, and yeah. they didn't die right away. Of course, now they open the door
1: right. to right. death being a thing. Fascinating. Um, this is another interesting topic. It's a very... Especially when you get into... Does God choose people? Does God predestine what's going to happen? Does God allow you to make your choices? I was reading. I've been reading through Exodus. We're both kind of in the Old Testament, by the way, if you're just tuning into the No, there's no kind
0: of. We are through the the Old Testament.
1: Testament. (laughs) You you are going through it Uh, chronologically. I am just—I might be done after Exodus and go back to—this is what I normally
0: do. You're going to exit after Exodus? I might
1: exit this. I— I usually go to the New Testament, read Matthew through Jude, and then skip Revelation because it scares me, and then go back to Matthew. (laughs) It's usually what I do. Um, So, But this part in Exodus where Pharaoh won't let the people go. We're talking about Moses last time, Moses' side of it, but God hardening the heart of Pharaoh. Mm. How is that fair? I mean, Mm -hmm. you think about it. If you're going to sin... And God has hardened your heart so that you would do that. Yeah. You didn't do that, and so these questions that come up: How is that fair? How? Why was it fair for Judas? Mm-hmm. Because somebody had to do that job. Was he quote predestined to do that? Mm-hmm. All these things that does God just choose for some people? Yeah. And I, I like I'm gonna give a shout out to this resource that I use quite often: GotQuestions.org. It you just search in a question. And it'll have a biblical answer. Okay. It's amazing. It's, it's, I haven't agreed with 100% of the things, but very, very close and has good history and origin and everything. And so the question is, why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? And it r- reminded us that Pharaoh actually already had a hardened heart,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, he a slave, enslaved people— on his own, uh, that he wouldn't let them go, rejected Moses a couple of times on his own, maybe Mm -hmm. three or four times before God, I think God hardened three times out of seven plagues. I can't remember how many God, it says God hardened his heart.
0: Yeah, he was stubborn through all 10
1: of them. (laughs) Yeah, or yeah, 10 of them. And so it it just goes to show that it's, for me, just wrapping it up with, with, trying to come up with an answer uh-huh. is if I'm seeking after God, it's not something I have to worry about. Mm, if good. if I am mm-hmm. uh, hardening my heart on my own, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, the translation is and what God, I mean, obviously I think, He was going to do it anyway, or Pharaoh was going to do it anyway. God sped up the process so that he could show off his works. It Mm -hmm. says that I want this to be said for generations to come, went into how the Passover would work, you know, because of what happened on that last time. And I think God sped up the process and hardened his heart. But I think it would have happened anyway with a lot of back and forth. That's what I think.
0: So I'm going to kind of go off book just a little bit from this story, just to make a point to kind of go along with what you were saying about translation. Mm -hmm. You know, there In the Psalms um, and even throughout Scripture, you will find references because they didn't have aerial footage of where they lived because they didn't have satellite cameras and angles and photographs. They assumed a lot of things about water and the ocean, and they believed that things were held up on pillars. And so there were all of these beliefs incorporated through Scripture, the Psalms that David wrote. But it always pointed to a deeper meaning. That wasn't something you were to get hung up on. Mm. It was just like, God, you created it all, and you're awesome, and you're in charge of it, was kind of the point of it. And at the same time, I I, I look at Scripture like when Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And I think that there's more context that we can grasp because we're not inside Pharaoh's heart mm-hmm. or mind. We don't know. True, true. But we also know that God does not exist on our timeline. Mm-hmm. So if he can pop in and out of timeline, like back to the future, and even better because he doesn't require the flux capacitor. (laughs) He can pop in and out of any part of the timeline and knows exactly what's going to happen. Just because he knows what's going to happen doesn't mean he's like, I'm going to make him do this. True. But the way that they conveyed that a thing happened— They related it through and and would say, well, God caused it to happen. Why? Because he's in charge of everything. Mm. I don't think that's because he's he's up there robot controlling everybody. Certainly he's not, because if he was, I I don't think that God would have allowed the whole, you know, (laughs) if he was robot controlling us, then why are we making choices to this day? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that doesn't line up. Also, I you know, going with Judas and my own personal thoughts about Judas— I truly believe that if Judas had hung on and had not killed himself, that there would have been just as much grace and forgiveness as there was for Peter. They both did a a horrific thing. They Mm -hmm. betrayed their Lord. Peter denying that he even knew Jesus, Judas delivering him over into the hands of the Romans. I think that Jesus, just like God can pop in at any timeline, he knew what Judas would do.
1: So when it says, I'm sorry. Yeah. When it says, you know, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around his, or maybe that's about the child one. Uh, it would be, I can't remember when, when they were describing. It, it would have been had, better
0: that he'd never been, been born. Never been
1: born. Would, was that just kind of a prediction uh, that, that that he
0: already knew what he was going to do? I, it, you know, I can't say because I I don't know what Jesus was thinking when he said it, but I do I do guess that if he knows all, that he would have known that that's what the road that Judas would take. Yeah, and so he was grieved on many levels for that kid. He'd hung out with him for three years of ministry. So, you know, he saw that Judas struggled with a lot of things. He he was also the one in charge of the monies. Apparently he wasn't the most honest of guys. I mean, he just kind of got that vibe. And clearly not towards the end of the ministry. Clearly he betrayed the Lord. So it's like Jesus knew that Judas had... Some issues, and he knew that this is the road that Judas would take, that he would hang himself. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why he's like, it would have been better if he had never been born, probably in his own heart. He was so troubled that he would take his own life. Yeah. But I do think that, yeah, you look at what happened with Peter and Judas, very similar betrayals, and yet there was grace there for Peter, wasn't there? So I have no doubt that he would have forgiven Judas.
1: Uh, just in terms of knowing and choosing, um, my wife and I had this conversation about how can God know something but not have made it happen. Mm. And I, even though I get it, a parent, uh, Hey, a parent sees all, but it, but not like God, obviously. And a parent can know that your nine year old, didn't do his homework. Yeah. And just lets them <laughs> suffer the consequences. Yeah. Let them make their own decision. He could, you know, parent could sit back and go, it's not done. Then seven AM rolls around. It's not done. Then drop off at school. All right. Well, good luck with all that. Right. And then they get home and they're, you know, have detention or whatever because they didn't do homework. And the parent knew, but let that happen, didn't choose for that to happen.
0: Yeah. There's those kind of choices that they know are gonna be helpful in their growth and hopefully character building so that they'll make good choices in the future. There's also the situations where people are like, well, why would God allow this horrible thing to happen to them? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a choice of theirs. It happened to them. right? Right?" And that's always one where we all struggle as believers. We're like, "I, I don't have an answer for you on that. I just know that God, because of this broken world, is able to take broken pieces because of what sin is in this world. It's it's corroding it. It's just that that's the nature of sin. Yeah. So God steps in and He says, "Let me make a mess this this masterpiece out of the mess." That's what He does. Um, he He will if you allow Him the situation to somehow bring glory to His name through yeah. that.
1: There was there was the fall of man, and I think that came along with disease and accidents and everything else that's even not sin. Yeah. Um, Pokemon. Well, no, that's, Sorry, that's that's no, that's that no, oh, abolished. That's just that's um, my own. <laughs> right, and I think we've made two Pokemon references on this podcast, and so that is so random. I um, I don't even care. No, <laughs> I always think when that when people say, you know, how dare? What about chronic pain? What about mm. cancer? What uh, about you know children dying? And and I can't say it, I, but I think well, I think what will happen. Is what I think of is Francis Chan, pastor and author. Francis Chan has this illustration. He's this long shoelace. I mean, long like feet on feet on feet on feet on feet shoelace. Okay. And the uh, what is that called? What is that thing? The nylon tip is called something. The,
0: the Acklet. A- is that right? Aglet.
1: Okay. Is still the same uh, length that it is on a normal shoelace. And he goes. Here is this infinite mm-hmm. life ahead of us with eternity. Yeah. And we are caught up on the aglet. We are caught up on the nylon tip of this life. Right. And while I think chronic pain in any form of disease or children suffering is, is something that I still wrestle with. Well, but yeah. I, I wonder if when we all get to heaven, mm-hmm. we look back and go, man, that was just a vapor. That was, that was. was real quick. Compared to what we're all experiencing now.
0: And it may come across as a crass uh, analogy because, you know, and clearly the, you know, the aglet, let's go back to that little plastic nylon tip. Oh, that's significant when you're trying to string a shoe. Sure. Uh-huh. To get it through the holes and stuff like that. So, I mean, the, the pain, that's significant. That hurts. Mm. Um, and the pain of losing a loved one, it hurts. And I'm I'm blessed with the fact that even though it may just be a tiny piece of life. That God weeps with
1: us. Oh yeah,
0: he he loves us so much. It says in Scripture, "In collecting our tears," that's that's a part of it. Obviously, we we the shortest Scripture in um, the Bible, which uh, we impressed our friends with. I know a Scripture: Jesus wept. I memorized that. Oh. but it, it's significant because He wept with us, and and it shows that He loves us so much that He He didn't just snap His fingers and decide to make everything right again. First of all he acknowledged that justice is ne- a necessity because that's who he is and he knew that it a wrong had to be righted and he chose to right it himself mm. and died for us to make that so. So it's yeah it's it's interesting it's about perspective. Yes it's a small piece of life but even still he he sees your pain. Yeah. and wants to yeah. be with you in the midst of it. But but I love the the eternity there with the shoelace because it's also a great reminder. He, all of this time, all of this, the rest of the shoelace he wants to spend with us and and just and love on us. And, and we will have no more tears, it says. Yeah. There will be no more pain.
1: I just, and I, I it's, there's no gathering that. I, there's no way to know how we'll feel and what we'll think about this life when we get there. It's fascinating. Who, you
0: know, think of your favorite place. Disney World is my favorite place. Mm-hmm. So times a bajillion. Oh, that's good.
1: Oh, man. It's like
0: brownies with no calories attached. Um, Jiffy Lube? Wow. Jiffy Lou.
1: They have great coffee. I mean, it's free.
0: Well, you didn't know, teach us
1: Hey, can I end the podcast with a really inspirational quote?
0: Is it Pokemon?
1: No, actually. Okay. A friend of mine told me this. Believe in yourself even when no one else will. Oh, wow. I know. Believe in yourself even when no one else will. It's pretty good. My friend Sasquatch told me that.
0: Ah, and there's the the big shoelace needed for the shoe. <laughs>